Hello and welcome to the EuroWhat from WhatElseIsOn.tv. I'm Ben Smith and I'm joined today by my fellow Eurovision News and Entertainment Research Division Specialist, Ryan Brazell. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Ben. As well as our special guest, Barbara Sahel. Howdy, Barbara. Hello. It's so great to have you back on the show with us, especially because it's Eurovision week. Yay! Yay! How are everyone's excitement levels? Are we all ready to go? Oh, so ready to go. I'm I'm actually here in the same town as Ryan because this is what I do. I come and watch Eurovision with Ryan. And how many thrift stores did we go to today, Ryan? 30,000. To buy appropriately themed items to be worn during the finals tomorrow. Wonderful. Uh, and then on my end, I have made bingo cards. I have, I've made a lot of things, mostly food-based today. I guess the big question is, there's usually another voice on the podcast. Where is Mike? He's in Lisbon, which we are all very, very jealous. Um, Mike and his husband, Dave, they unfortunately cannot join us for this episode because they're too busy having fun at Eurovision. Yeah, they're, they're, they're too busy like being at the at the dress rehearsal for the finals. So I, I, I get that we can't do taping at the same time. But yeah, like I'm really looking forward to hearing like how that trip went and what they saw in the arena and how that might have differed from like what we saw on the TV screen. And he is posting images to the Instagram feed, so we can we can almost be there. Almost. <laughs> yeah, they've been posting a lot of great images to our Instagram account, at EuroWhat, so definitely check that out if you want to see the view from the floor. I'm just hoping we sent him with a very brightly colored EuroWhat t-shirt so that we can spot him on TV tomorrow. We do need to work out some sort of merch situation. So I guess with the rest of this episode, uh, spoiler warning, we're going to be discussing what happened in the first and second semifinals. If you haven't watched those, or if you're not going to watch those and just want to go into the final completely surprised, maybe save this for after. And then you can have all sorts of opinions with us and add us on the Twitter at EuroWhat. But just just a heads up, we are going to dive in and we are going to be discussing mostly stuff that didn't make it through. But there might be a few things that we're excited about that just kind of get into the final mix. Okay, with that out of the way, is everybody ready to go and discuss some semifinals? Absolutely. Indeed. Awesome. Okay, so let's start out with Tuesday's semifinal one, which that one I, f- that one I think was the one that we were pegging as the tricky one to, pit- to predict for. We, we have a very scientific method uh, where we put a bunch of ratings into a spreadsheet and track a bunch of other data and compute it all together and get some predictions that admit that, that I think in past years have been fairly accurate. Like we're very good at balancing one another out and sort of figuring out what data points feel relevant in tracking these songs. But with this semifinal, uh, we were we were not we were not up to our usual standard. We only had seven out of ten pick, which so the the qualifying entries from Tuesday's semifinal, Austria with nobody but you. Albania with Mal, Bulgaria with Bones, Cyprus with Fuego, the Czech Republic with Lie to Me, Estonia with La Forza, Finland with Monsters, Ireland with Together, Israel with Toy, and Lithuania with When We Are Old. Again, we had 7 out of 10. I think, you know, that's like a C on the grading scale, so could have done better, but not not, not the worst. The places we went wrong were Azerbaijan, Belgium, and Greece, which I think of those three, Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Greece was the real surprise with those ones just based on performances. Yeah, I mean, I think Greece was solidly in our top 10 throughout. I think every, almost every ranking that we tracked, I think once or twice along the way, maybe one of us had it just outside the top 10, but pretty much the entire season, we were saying, yes, Greece is going to make it through, and they just didn't. I don't know what happened. There wasn't anything obvious about the performance. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wasn't the best performance, 
but it was they used a, some pretty some pretty nice camera angles. They used lots of smoke. They used some you know she had a weird I don't know what was going on with her hand. It looked like she had dipped her hand in paint or something, and I didn't really understand it. But of all of the sort of questionable performance choices we've seen at Eurovision, that was nowhere near the <laughs> one that should disqualify it. Certainly not the weirdest costuming option in this Eurovision alone. Yeah, like I thought that they were using like the various elements on the stage available to them really, really well. They had the fans, they had all sorts of lights going on. It felt very dramatic. And like Greece tends to do very well. We sort of got slapped on the wrist a few weeks ago for, for mentioning a Romanian diaspora. But Greece tends to have a lot of voters in other nations, so it w- and especially this final where they're, they're also up with Cyprus. So it, it felt very interesting to me. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I wonder if the new jury scoring, I'm really, really curious about that. The other two that were out this time around, I think both of those performances sort of underwhelmed me. Like Belgium, I just mentioned that Greece did a really, really good job of utilizing all the stage stuff they had available. Belgium, just the opposite. They did a terrible job. Yeah, I was disappointed with that. I'm I'm more disappointed in the fact that Greece isn't there because I actually watched that video again. And granted, the video isn't always the performance, but I, I just didn't get it. I thought the performance was passable for, for a, a Eurovision semifinal. Uh, there was room to grow for sure. But Belgium, yeah, I, I, I wasn't really taken by that. But like I said, I'm more, I'm more taken aback by Greece. Yeah, I think part of the problem with Belgium in particular was the artist Senek. I read an article or an interview somewhere where she said that she had designed the staging herself. And I just wanted to be like, oh, honey, please don't. Like, <laughs> When you're at a contest at this level and you have three minutes to make an impression, you get a professional. Like, It is your job to go out and perform. You mm-hmm. need someone else to deal with the staging and it just felt like Belgium in particular and I think this is a a departure from recent years in Belgium where they've had really good people and really good performances even if the performer isn't very strong like last year or two yeah like they they figured out a way to to sort of work with them and sort of bolster them where they need to be bolstered whereas or is this like if you had told me oh they pulled this performance together themselves yes it looks like it it looks like it when you look at all the other nations on that stage where you have a production designer who has thought through Here's how we're going to use all of the the elements we have available for these three minutes to to best support this song. And th- this one, it just kind of felt like she was kind of wandering around on the stage. And it wasn't really a shock to me when, when I saw this performance that the song, which we had been really, really into at the beginning of the season, had just sort of fallen flat. What did y'all think about Azerbaijan? Well, I think one thing that we've mentioned in previous episodes is that Azerbaijan is very, very good at their staging. And they're very good at finding ways where even if the song isn't the strongest from them, they will find a way to to really sort of improve that performance. From the 30 seconds we got last week, I was like, they rocketed up my rankings in terms of where I thought they'd be. And then I saw the full performance and it felt like there was a lot of dead air on that stage. Like there were people running around, but it wasn't particularly artful. And like the, the last 30 seconds of the song, which is what we saw in that preview, were the best part of it, where it felt like they were using those weird pyramid things that they had brought well and it felt like it really embodied the spirit of that song. Whereas, like, for the initial part of it, I'm like, oof, they, they, they are on the bubble. And I think the stage is, is an interesting conundrum for, for many of the artists. You know, I, I think for some of them, they, they, they figured out how to use it super well. The, the, I sort of equate it to the, uh, the Westminster Agility Trials. You know, it's, there are jumps and there are bridges and there are circles and there are things. And some of the artists figured out, even with one or two performers, figured out how to fill that space with be it pyrotechnics or be it their voices or be it large wavy costumes. But those that didn't, it really fell flat. Like you say, it felt like they're kind of wandering around into, in, and there was dead air and dead movement. And it, it really, they really suffered as a result. 
I think Ireland is a great example of what you're talking about, Barbara. So yes. Ireland was one of the countries that we did not predict would get in and they did qualify. And I think Ireland was able to use that bridge, you know, when they have a couple of their dancers come down and they enter the stage from the bridge. And it, it just feels very natural, which which is interesting because I think a lot of the people are using the bridges. So the stage, you know, is it's a big, huge sort of honking circle. There's bridges coming off of either side that lead to a crescent that sort of comes out and there's sort of people in between the crescent and the stage. And I think most people are using that somewhere near the second half of their song, you know, around the two minute mark in a three minute song are running across one of the bridges coming out into the middle of the semicircle and then going, "Uh Oh, I have to get back now. And so then they're going back and getting back onto the main stage before the end of the song. And so it's just not a very sort of natural integrated thing. Um, Ireland was able to do that. And I think that's one reason why they might've gotten through this time. Mm -hmm. And like, just going back to our, our sort of deranged scoring rubric here. So, for our top 10, we were super, super confident in those. Like, we had a tie for 11th place between the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia and then Ireland. Uh, but both of those were like 42 points behind Azerbaijan. We were very, very confident Azerbaijan was through, Greece was through, Belgium was through. Looking at the three that did make it through that we didn't predict, so out those three, are, again, are Albania, Lithuania, and Ireland. Uh, it's. I think it all comes down to what we're discussing right here is that with the absence of sort of the, the usual LED screens on the floor, on the walls, on the everywhere, it's all about making sure that you have another way of filling that stage, whether that is with musicianship, whether that is with personality, just with something. And I think a lot of the solo performers or the duos that were falling flat just didn't quite figure out a way to do that. Like Albania was a wonderful surprise. I I had been kind of just okay on that song in the in the preseason, but on that stage, like they found a way to really give it a great feel and some power behind it. Well, and he also learned how to, he he knows how to work the camera and work the angles. Um, I wasn't terribly impressed by that. I mean, I was impressed, but not overly so. But when I watched the semifinal, I'm like, oh my goodness, this man has pipes and this is rather impressive. So there was something, there's there's a certain it factor, right, in, in terms of the performances. And if they can turn it on, they can truly turn it on. And there are several people here that, I mean, I wasn't, I was okay with Ireland, but I agree with you, Ryan. They used the stage beautifully. They staged the whole story. There's a story that's being told there, right? There's not a wasted moment. So they get all sorts of props from me for, for learning how to work it and learning how to use the stage. And, and I think that's, for many people, that's what makes and breaks them. Albania was a shocker to me, but now I really see that I, you know, I like that song. I like it because I like the way he presented it. Yeah, Albania had been sort of moving up my rankings very slowly. One thing about that is we were pretty sure that was not getting through as a group. Albania was in 16th place with 74 points. So it was significantly mm -hmm. behind. Like we really missed the mark on that one. That said, the bookmakers also went seven for 10 in the semifinal. And the bookmakers are either, they're usually better than we are at predicting this. Greece was one of the ones that the bookmakers also missed, which I think is mm -hmm. important. They also thought Switzerland was going to make it, which is baffling to me. Um, and they thought Armenia would make it as well. So I think Armenia may be just based on their history. They're very, very good at getting through. The staging on this one felt a little bit plain. Yeah. It, it goes back to what we have been discussing where it's like, okay, you can't just rely on that performer having enough charisma. You need to figure out how to bolster that where, and with that one, it's just like, okay, we built him a sundial and that's great, but he needs more than that sundial. Right. 
there were also some other interesting moments uh, in this particular semifinal, um, in particular among countries that did not qualify. Um, I mentioned Switzerland a second ago. I was kind of baffled as to why the bookmakers thought that they would qualify. I thought they were nowhere near it. This is the first year I've ever seen performers on stage holding live pyrotechnics. Like <laughs> Switzerland was like running around with a road flare. And the thing about the road flare was she's running around with it. And after it went out, all I could think of was, okay, you're now running around the stage with a piece of trash in your hand. You're either going to throw that used road flare into the audience where it's going to burn somebody or you have to carry it around with you. What, you know, maybe reevaluate your life choices. So right. I don't know what was going on with that. I was totally fixated on what is she going to do with it. I agree with you. And I'm thinking now if she leaves it there. The next act is likely going to fall and break something. Right. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it was that was a very strange moment. The one that was just a real WTF moment for me was Belarus. Started out with with him handing the rose to the camera like it was an episode of the Continental. <laughs> Spinning around and going to the dancer. And then like there was a whole thing with like a bunch of roses in his back at the end. And the dancer shooting a rose through like a bow and arrow. It was just a lot of very weird choices. Which I'm sure from afar, if you were up in the gallery seats, you're wondering, oh God, he's been rifled to death. You know, you don't see that there, there are roses that are in his back. Yeah, it, it was that was so strange. I had no idea what was going on. That entry started really poorly as well. It starts with a close-up on him and his hands, and the poor guy, was Alexiev, was just shaking like a leaf and continued to do so. I, and, and I understand, you know, that's it's probably a huge adrenaline rush. This is, you know, oh, the yeah. first time that he's up in front of the full audience, right? They've been doing these rehearsals and they got a little bit of a crowd, but this is the real thing. But he literally, like, he was just shaking, shaking, shaking. And I felt right. terrible for him. And actually, one of the hosts actually remarked on it in the green room afterwards. So, yeah, that performance just started poorly and never really recovered, I don't think, from that. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I want to go back to, uh, one of the performances that did go through that we didn't predict, Lithuania. We, we've been talking about staging and what's worked particularly well. They're another song where I think the song had been kind of lukewarm for me. But once I saw their full staging, I got it. Like they had re they really found a way to draw out all of the emotion in that song and really kind of push it to the forefront. Yeah, I mean, and, and the end, I think, was a, it's a very touching and very sweet. And I think the last time I joined you all to talk about Eurovision, we, we discussed this particular song. And it's it's a very sweet she has a very fragile very gentle voice and i was personally worried that it was going to dissolve in the in the vacuum in that that huge cavernous place that is the eurovision arena but she pulled it off and and it was a it was a it was a, again a lovely story that was being told Barbara, did you have a particular country that had a, a weird or strange or un, uh, unintelligible moment that you wanted to mention Yes, I would like to talk about Macedonia, and I, I, I want to talk about it a lot. Um, <laughs> I also have thoughts about Macedonia. So I, I remember watching the, the video that came out first. I remember um, seeing that and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for this performer that she seems to be wearing some sort of, uh, honestly, it was I, I, I called it the pink pleather couch video because it looked like she had sort of this pink leather something Ill, sort of a sack on her it was sort of ill-fitting and i had this hope that kind of like edurne in um, from spain from several years back that underneath that you know large garment there would be some fabulous something that would come out and we'd all be cheering that that's just a spectacular wardrobe change yeah no that didn't happen they moved from pink pleather to they gave it kind of an upgrade to like pink satin. Well, no, first they went to the white straight jacket, um, the backwards white, it sort of looked like a white straight jacket or a white tablecloth. I don't know what it was. Again, this idea of an ill-fitting costume kind of boxy thing. 
that then went, then they did a big reveal. And um, Ryan, what did you call that that costume? The pink underboob. Oh my goodness, yes. Some people thought she was naked because it it you really can't tell, right? It suddenly looked like she had been completely revealing herself to the oh, world. Oh yeah, to- yeah. Like it, I I can totally see like seeing that from across the the arena, just being like, what? Yes, exactly. But yeah, like no, it, it went from like that kind of straight jackety number into like a figure skating costume. Yeah, and and no real sense to it. I mean, again, going back to Edouard whom I just love because that's just such a that was such just a weird weird song, weird video, but oh, so Eurovision in so many ways. There was some sort of a, a storyline going with the ripping off of, of something to reveal something else. This made no sense whatsoever. It kind of felt like some of the things we were pawing through in the, the thrift stores today, Ryan. Um, you know, things that from in yesteryear would have been fantabulous, but, um, but on the wrong body and at the wrong time, this is just a total, you know, this is a no-no. And I think this could be indeed a, a candidate for the Barbara Dex Wardrobe Malfunction Award or whatever the proper title for that award is. Yeah, the worst, worst dressed award. Yeah, it definitely feels like like a nominee there. They had sort of secretly been my okay. Maybe this will be wacky enough that it gets like a, enough people are like, I want to see that in the final, just so I can figure out what the heck was going on again. Moment that didn't happen. That probably was never going to happen. But I thought that th- given the the nature of their song, which really is like four songs at once, like giving giving each part of that song its moment and figuring a way to stage it. I thought they did an admirable job of sort of corralling all of that into one thing. Let's move on to the second semifinal. How did we do there, Ryan? I left the first semifinal wondering whether I knew anything at all about Eurovision. It turns out we do, in fact, know some things about Eurovision. We did really well. We went 9 for 10 in the second semifinal. The qualifying entries out of that semifinal were Australia with We Got Love, Denmark with Higher Ground, Hungary with Vislat Njar, Moldova with My Lucky Day, Netherlands with Outlaw Inum, Norway with That's How You Write a Song, Serbia's Nova Desa, Slovenia's Hvala Ne, Sweden's Dance You Off, and Ukraine with Under the Ladder. So the one, the one that we missed was Serbia, Nova Desa. Um, we did not predict that. Instead thought that Poland would get through, and they did not. It's interesting in this one, um, we were overall much less confident in our top 10, which is weird because we actually did better. So we had Russia, Malta, and Latvia just outside the top 10. And we were right that none of those got through. Serbia, we had, just like with Albania in the first semifinal, we had Serbia way down in 16th place, almost 60 points out of 10th place. So we were really, really wrong in that. We were right on everything else, though. Other things that are really notable here is that Romania and Russia have failed to qualify for the first time ever. Romania, I I mean, I guess that's technically true for Romania, even though they also failed to qualify the other year, but that's because they got disqualified for other financial reasons. So this is the first time Romania has actually sent a song and staged their song and not made it through to the final. Same for Russia. What are your thoughts, Barbara? I, I, I'm interested because when you were here last time, we talked <laughs> in particular about Russia. So I, I would be interested to hear from you why you think Russia did not make it. Well, and I remember watching the video for Russia and thinking and, and knowing some of the backstory as well about the performer and thinking they're focusing on her lips, they're focusing on her eyes. And at the end of the video, she ends up looking like she's, you know, the clouds are parting and she's at the top of a mountain. And I remember saying, oh my God, are they just going to stick her at the top of a mountain? Well, dag nabbit, they did. Like that was my, that was my main note for this entry was we nailed this. And like, again, like the last time Barbara was here, we were talking about like, what are they going to do? Stick her in a mountain? 
As it turns out, yes, that's what they're going to do. Well, and it was it was even it, it felt I mean, I felt very anxious for her and I felt very anxious for this performance. But more than anything, it felt like, uh, again, they sort of recycled things. I felt like it was Estonia's costume and they put her at the top of it, but they didn't do the same color show, light show that they had done. The other thing that I thought was was telling about this, or or, or difficult for me to watch, was it felt like they had tuned, they had um, made the background singers, the backup singers, much louder than the central performer, because I think she was really struggling. And it could be because she was teetering at the top of a mountain. Let's be fair. It just it felt like they were trying to push their soundtrack higher than hers because everything was just sort of out of whack. So I am not surprised that that did not go through. I agree. She felt really buried. And I liked the dancers for that, but they they were focusing on the dancers, but you could see her at the top of this mountain in the background. And it just, it felt very strange. It was like there was mm-hmm. no actual thought about the, the, the general composition of that. I guess for me, if, I mean, part of the story is, this is, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first time we've, first time we've had someone in Eurovision who's performed in a wheelchair. Is that no, correct? No, that's not correct. We oh, had Poland correct. a couple of years ago. Did they um, celebrate that fact or did they hide it? Did they, did they? She was seated center stage in her wheelchair. Okay. They, they did nothing to hide it. They didn't do anything particular to, I think, use it, but yeah. they certainly didn't hide it. And see, so, so that is what I was hoping for this, was that this be not sort of a, a celebration, but let's, let's, let's embrace the fact that this woman is, has a beautiful voice. I mean, she does have a beautiful voice, but if I put by by putting it those different layers of complication on top of it, I just felt like it was it was going to cave in on itself, and it did. Well, yeah, and like the main thing I caught was just like every time it cut to her in the in the in the frame, like she seemed very frustrated. Like she, it seemed like things were not going the way she maybe wanted them to. She looked very frustrated throughout. Ben, did you have some thoughts about um, Poland and why Poland might not have made it? I have lots of thoughts about Poland. <laughs> like, I think that's the entry I wrote the most notes on as, as I was watching the second semifinal yesterday. It feels like Poland, so sort of like how Russia this year looked at what Estonia was doing, it looked at what Ireland was doing, was like, ooh, I like those ideas. Uh, Poland looked at last year's Norway performance and was like, ooh, we could send a DJ and a vocalist. And they did that, but they forgot to pay attention to, like, everything that made that performance work. Like, they picked a front man that did a, did an admirable job, but didn't quite have the same kind of charisma that Norway's entry had last year. And then just their DJ, just in general. My main note that I have from there is, like, please stop making Polish Skrillex do, like, hand choreography. He has two moves and all the personality of a beige wall. And, and throughout the entire thing, even in the interviews, even in the green room... Even in the the cute little you know intro video, he's still doing the hands. Yeah, yeah. he's doing the hand thing, and like, yeah, just like the intro video where like everybody got out on the beach in their black leather jacket and their black t shirt and their black jeans. With the intro things, like there have been some countries where it's clear that they knew where they were going and sort of played into that and dressed up for it. And with this one, it's just like okay, cool. This is this is their one look as a band. Yeah, the song was just kind of there. Like that was one. That was like the one where I was like, I'm so glad that we were wrong on this one because. Like by the end, like by the end of this, I was like begrudgingly putting them in my in my tent because I'm like, this is the sort of club happy thing that's going to get through on like a lowest common denominator thing. Europe proved me wrong, and I'm glad that it showed me that I should not assume the worst of people. Meanwhile, I am not glad that we were. Well, I guess we didn't pick. Did we pick Romania? I mean, I had it in my. I think I think by our final. No, rankings. we were, we, we did we, we all we had, had Rom- we were all like no Romania's going to get through Romania always gets through yeah we didn't with that so that was not one of our final picks I think we had warmed up to it but I think it was too far behind I I still don't really fully understand I I think the first minute of that one 
was not great. The choreography was really sort of uncomfortable. So I guess I get why that didn't go through. But I felt like that was a very solid song in the same way that Albania's song yeah. was a very solid song. And it just felt like that should be enough to carry it through. It was a solid song. It was a very good performance. Like once they got through that we- minute of weird choreography, the their front woman did a great job of really nailing that chorus and nailing the emotion in that song. They just made some very weird staging choices with, where it's like they got a, a sail on a bunch of mannequins. They're like, yes, mannequins mannequins with scary masks yeah mannequins and scary masks which just like just tap into like the fears of like every six-year-old in europe i do want to point out that we did better than the bookmakers in this round we went eight uh, they went eight for ten they had malta qualifying and they had poland qualifying so those are the two that they got wrong um were there other moments um barbara did you have a particular moment in this semifinal that you wanted to highlight maybe among entries that did not make it through that did not qualify um, gosh, of the ones that didn't make it, I'm just kind of looking through my notes here. Ah, well, there is, there is San Marino. Um, oh boy, what, yeah. What, what to say about San Marino? I just have a giant no next to my notes here. Um, you know, I, that had every potential to be charming. So it's singers singing their songs, and then there are these little robots that are on the stage as well. Except there's a, as one would say, there's a cheeky robot that um, is holding up signs and and sort of you know bringing in the audience um, to you know different sort of stories behind the stories sort of thing. Just never, it never landed. Um, I think I have in my notes here, uh, San Marino, no, exclamation point, robots, garbage fire. It just fell apart. And I, what did you all think? I, I just didn't get it. <sighs> San Marino. Um, <laughs> See, that's exactly point, yeah, how I felt. Yeah, it's like. Say no more. I, I get it. Yeah. yeah you you, uh. you could have bought, you know, you could have bought a professional stager or something, but no, you went for the robots. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm pretty sure they, they had a professional stager for this. Well, they figured, <laughs> like, the, they, the, their actual backing dancers were doing the same moves as the robot. Somebody oh. figured this out. Oh, dear said sometimes and then later it flipped over and said size doesn't matter and it was just weird i just it didn't fit with uh, were they referring to well san marino's really small or that like people who were bullied are sometimes smaller or something like it just it didn't make any sense and also we've talked a lot about how you have to try to tread this line between performing for the in-person audience and performing for the the television audience and that was i cannot imagine anybody in that arena could actually see that placard barbara your your notes were just the word no in very large letters mine was just the word bless in very large letters just all but yeah like it was it like the first minute felt very very pitchy the whole staging felt kind of bridal shower karaoke night, uh, and then like the the robot signs, I di- like I felt like I did love when it just held up a sign that that uh, apropos of seemingly nothing, just said size doesn't matter. There was like a moment, maybe about halfway, two thirds of the way in, where I'm like, wow, you know, I expected this to be a garbage fire, and like here we are, and the scene's well, and then all of a sudden, all of the garbage burst into flames. Right, Ryan, I know you liked Malta. You had hopes for Malta. I did have a lot of hopes. Well, prior to the semifinals, not so much. I wasn't a big fan of the song. Um, I can't remember exactly where I had it listed in my final rankings, but watching the performance, I thought it worked really, really well. So Malta had these four big, um, sort of a, a, a square that had video screens on it that were sort of had 
space between them so that you could see somebody inside these video screens. And I thought it was really effective. I thought her, I thought Christabel's voice was really good. So I think it was really, I think it was effective in terms of the visuals. I think her vocals were much better. I I think I, I made a remark at some point while watching it that, you know, her vocals were within the range of what's necessary at Eurovision. They weren't perfect, <laughs> but they were close enough, right? She was right. mostly on pitch. And I, I just, even in watching the 30 seconds of rehearsal footage, I had not expected it to be as effective or as good as it was. And so I'm actually sad. This I, Again, this was not one that I picked to go through, but I'm sad that it did not go through. It seemed yeah. like there were issues going on with, at least from, from our vantage point, watching it, right? That audio was a problem. Like once she was in the box, in this stage box, her, her vocals were very soft. When she was out of the box, it was better. And I wonder if that affected it. Maybe. I mean, for my end, I really, this had been one that I had really, really dug in the preseason. And then after seeing the staging, wasn't quite sure. So I think I placed them like 11th or 12th in my rankings. But watching the full presentation, I, I've been listing my, my predictions on Twitter. And I've been specifically calling out, here's what I thought before I saw any of the performances. Here's what I thought after the performances, but before the results. And here's what the results were. And like, this is one that like moved up to, oh, I really hope that this gets through. And that, that I thought was certainly strong enough to to make it through with with the the final. So I'm hoping that when we get those like final jury rankings with this new system that we discussed last week, we can really see how close this was and how much this connected. Because I thought that they did a really good job of shaping their performance and sort of figuring out what worked from their national final and bringing it to this one. Uh, I wasn't entirely sold on some of the in-screen graphics they used, but like for the, on the on the whole, they did a great job of sort of tying everything together with what they wanted to present. Well, I think one performance that won't be anywhere near the top of those rankings is the one that was given by Montenegro. Um, Ryan, you had a great analogy for what what the uh, lead singer's costume looked like. <laughs> he he was wearing this he was wearing this jacket and it, it just it seemed like it was like a terry cloth robe that he like stolen from a hotel or something and it had like the, you know these the little divots in it that you get in those yeah. robes and it looked like someone had like taken and like bedazzled every single little indentation. Mm-hmm. It was just it, and it was and it was this weird like asymmetrical thing and he had on that and then like the whole suit was made of that and he had sneakers on and I even made a remark at some point like I, that in his like his ears like there was something about the way that the jacket made his ears look like they protruded even more like he kind of has big ears but they it made it look worse like because they made like his head look very small it was this very strange outfit and there was one point during this performance where the backing dancers sort of walk by and touch him on the shoulder and it kind of feels like they're lost and wandering it just nothing about this visually made mm-hmm. any sense to me and it was a boring song so it just right. it didn't have well, really anything going for it i didn't feel well yeah and like this one definitely feels like another nominee for the barbara dex award for me and like on one hand as someone who wears menswear uh, menswear is tricky there are like five shapes and you pick which shape you want and then you figure out how to execute it. and in this case there's just a lot of like weird trim and it's powder blue and like it doesn't fit well which you have this had to have been like a custom made thing so it really should fit it just completely distracted you from the performance which is not what you want this to do this didn't this doesn't support it this takes away from it i'm ready to talk about the final we are recording this Friday night. The The final itself is tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I am so excited. So can I talk a little bit about the grand final? 
Please do. Okay. So we now have 26 songs, right, that are going to be performed live in front of an audience and on television and on the internets and all of those things. They have already decided what the running order of these songs is going to be. And there are generally two sections, uh, two halves of the show. What's interesting of all of the auto qualifiers, Great Britain, Germany, Spain, France, Italy, and Portugal, because they're hosting, of all of those, everyone but Italy landed in the first half of the show. So what do you all think? I mean, it's like on one hand, it's just luck of the draw and they kind of draw early in the week, but... It's going to be interesting for the for those six auto qualifiers. Like Italy is the only one in the the second half and the producers have placed them at the very very end of the show. Yeah, not to mention the very end. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I I think it's interesting that they're they make people draw for first half or second half, but then when they put the running order together for the grand final, there's actually three sections. There's this year it's eight countries and then a commercial break for interstitial there's not actually commercials it's just other performances and the green room stuff another eight countries so they've got 16 that go and um eight commercial eight commercial and then the last 10 so i don't know why they do if they're going to do it that way why they have first half second half i don't know they have like first third second third 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 in particular this year i think italy is in a really interesting position because they are they are at the end of an amazing list of entries yeah. from from 17 to the end. Ryan, can you can you read that list, Ryan? Because this sure. is like the do not do not think about going to the bathroom. Do not go get more checks mix. You need yeah. to be in your seats so, and ready to go. Yeah. So from 17, the last 10 performances are Finland, Bulgaria, Moldova, Sweden, Hungary, Israel, the Netherlands, Ireland, Cyprus, and Italy. And I yeah. feel like at least half of those countries have at least a decent shot at winning. So I, I think I think it is bad for the other auto qualifiers that they are in the first half, the first 13 performances, because by the time you get through this gauntlet, I don't feel like anybody's going to remember any other song like Norway's not in this last 10 I think that sort of cuts them out Lithuania's not there Germany's not there Cyprus is at nearly the end I think which uh, yeah this oh my gosh like I can't even imagine what this is gonna like, be like I'm just gonna be sitting watching the the final recap going going wait a minute Lithuania was here yeah or or Ukraine I mean I yeah. I remember Ukraine yeah. quite well from the second semifinal it was it was the last performance but oh my goodness you know everything you want about Eurovision it's got weird it's got wonderful it's got a great use of the stage and flames but I don't think I'll remember it by the time we get to Cyprus Yeah this is a lot of staging happening in, in yeah. these I mean Finland's staging is amazing Moldova Sweden's um yeah I I could just name them all again but I won't so I think I think it's really bad for the auto qualifiers, although maybe good from a stage show performance because by and large the audience has not seen those yet. Like none of us have actually seen any of those full performances. So maybe better that it does come earlier because if it came later, maybe we would still we, maybe we would have already made up our mind on who we're voting for. Yeah, you so. would have made up your mind. You would have gone through this barrage of just crazy stagings. Like that is a heck of a way to close out a show. Like all ten of those. Well, I'm just thinking of, of, of the whiplash going from, I don't know, Israel to the Netherlands to Ireland to Cyprus. I just, <laughs> just yeah. Yeah, I, and my head point. is going to hurt so much, but it's uh, it's going to be quite a ride, quite a ride. What do the odds look like for this, Barbara? Have you, do you know what the odds are? So um, according to what I've seen, Cyprus is the favorite. 
then Lithuania in third, and Germany at seventh. That's interesting. Yeah, Germany feels really interesting because I, I don't know, like I've been underwhelmed by that song, and I like what we've seen the performance also doesn't really wow me. It, but yeah, Cyprus. I mean, Cyprus had a heck of a performance, so I can see why they've sort of shot up the rankings. Lithuania. But I, I just like the fact that we have so many different things sort of popping up in the bookmakers now after having some very, very solid things leaning one way or the other in all of the preseason. Well, and, like, and just even two days ago, um, uh, the veritable NPR was saying that it was going to be close between Israel and Cyprus. And now we're not really talking about Israel anymore. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? Like, that's what's really exciting me is it feels like we have a really, really exciting show tomorrow. And the fact that it feels like it's like anybody's game, especially with the new jury scoring, especially with the way that pulling out the televotes has ramped up the drama. Like, it's like it's going to be really, really exciting to watch the voting this year. Yeah. No, and I think that would be great. That, that'll be a wonderful part of it. So to wrap things up, let's sort of go around the room and sort of talk about who do we want to win this, but who do you think will win it? So, Ryan, why don't you go first? Sure, put me first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I really, I think I want Hungary to win this. I think Hungary's song is amazing. It's really tight. Um, it's unlike a lot of other things that come to Eurovision. So I, I think in my heart of hearts, I want Hungary. I do not think Hungary will win. I think it will be Cyprus. As soon as I saw the 30-second clip of that rehearsal last week, I was like, oh my God, that could win. Like, win, win. So I think it's going to be Cyprus. And I agree with you. I think it's going to be Cyprus. Begrudgingly, I think it's going to be Cyprus. Um, I really want it to be Slovenia, um, but I want it with a caveat. I want it to be Slovenia. And here's one of our spoiler alerts, people, if you want to fast forward. I want it to be Slovenia without the fake power outage. I just thought that was a cheap, cheap thing. Um, And it also it just ruined the flow of the song. Um, I was happy to keep singing it as I have been in my car for the past three weeks. Um, But that just kind of ruined it for me. So Slovenia, please, without the power outage, but I'm I'm willing to give it to Cyprus. What about you, Ben? I mean, just first off, I'm in the minority and I loved that fake power outage. But on the other, I'm wondering, as somebody who has seen that already, if it's going to have the same spark when we see it tomorrow. And I'm, I mean, on what, for me, on one hand, Cyprus would be nice. They're another country that has never won. So it'd be really cool for like two years in a row to go to a country that hasn't won before and can really show us what they can do. A few years ago, uh, Ukraine didn't come first in either the the jury or the televote, but won from like a second place and a second place. Like, I, I think we could see somebody like Sweden do that this year, where they've had such a consistent staging. They nail it every time. It feels beamed in from like an alternate universe, the way they stage it, where I, I think that somebody like them could take it. Uh, if I had to pick who I'd want to take it, uh, Moldova, Moldova's performance this year, like their performance last year, left me with the biggest smile on my face. They are doing just like some absolutely cartoony, screwball, Looney Tunes, live action nonsense. With Ikea for, wardrobes. With Yeah, with like <laughs> with some with some really fancy Ikea wardrobes. And like, it's like a masterclass on how to elevate a song that like admittedly like wasn't my favorite and just make it sparkle. So I would love for them to take it. Uh, I think that this year it's going to be a surprise. It's not going to be, I, I think it's not going to be who we thought it was a few weeks ago. It might not be even be who we discussed tonight. I think we want it to be Sweden because I think we'd all like to see Sweden um, produce this. 
because they do such an amazing job. They do such a good job with this. And right. like, as somebody who who wishes they could have been in Portugal this year, like Sweden's Sweden feels very doable for me. So like, I could totally, I would totally be down for for hanging out in Stockholm next year <laughs> and seeing this live. So on a purely selfish level, I want to say I want Sweden. I think Sweden's going to take it because that way I can go. Any final thoughts on the grand final? No, it's going to be it's going to be a hoot and a half. As I say, I think we're in for a great show this year. I hope so. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks, Barbara, for joining us. You can follow the Euro What podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Euro What. You can also subscribe to this podcast via Apple Podcasts, where you can rate and review us or the podcast app of your choosing. The Grand Final will air Saturday, May 12th at 2200 Central European Time, which is 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. 